0: So a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching on the Apostle Peter and what God did in his life with when they lowered he, their friend through the roof into Peter's home. And that was the, the first place where, where God started working in Peter's life. And, and I want to I shoot back a little bit to an earlier time. And I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. But before we go to that story, it's the most incredible thing that happened when Jesus, when that guy was lowered through the roof into the middle of everyone else. Jesus could have just got up and said, hey, be healed, buddy, off you go. But the Bible says that Jesus said to him, son, your sins have been forgiven. Go because your sins have been forgiven. I want to ask you, who's here tonight that knows that their sins have been forgiven? And we sin every day, right? So, uh, but let's move on to my next story. And it's Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out with them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and talked to people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them, and they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. We were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything. They followed him. So there was two boats. There. And so what Jesus did was he decided and he chose Simon's boat. He chose to get into his boat. And do you know that Jesus has chosen each one of your boats as well? Because the day that you gave your heart to him and you said, Lord, I want to invite you in to become my Lord and Savior, he got into your boat. Who of you guys believe that Jesus is in your boat? Okay? He's in your boat. And who, who of you guys have ever gone through storms or difficult times in your life? Who's at the moment going through a tough time? Uh, everyone's like, dead quiet. No. Matthew's, Matthew's the only brave one going through a tough time at the moment. Is there anyone else who's going through a tough time? Here we go. Oh, there we go. And it's not necessarily just a financial thing. It could be an emotional thing. It could be a family thing that you're currently going through. It could be relationships with one another. But you know what? Even though we go through those storms, Jesus doesn't get out of our boat. He stays in our boat. Because he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So he stays in our boat. And so what Jesus, one of the first things he does when he gets to that boat, he gets into the boat and he says to Simon, push me off a little bit from the shore. And Jesus did this because vocals, his vocal would echo so everyone could hear him. The crowd could actually hear. And in those days when a rabbi was going to start talking, he actually sat down. And as he sat down, everyone sat down and they kept quiet because they wanted to hear what the rabbi was saying. And so Jesus taught and he was speaking and he was speaking to everyone else and he was telling them everything. And right after that, he told Peter, let's go into deep. Water. So tonight, all the songs that we were singing about were singing about going deeper, right? One of the songs that we sang tonight was which was really a key one, was set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. No place I'd rather be. And that song sings, and and the words that we were singing tonight and the songs that we were doing was about knowing God more. But we're always scared when we stand on the side go a little bit deeper. Who's ever gone to the ocean and you, you get these this little waves and you're, okay, I'll stand with my toes in the little wave. And then, and then suddenly there's bigger waves and you get a little bit deeper and you're a little bit more, I don't know. And then you get quite deep into this ocean and you realize that the waves are so big that you actually can't stand. Who's ever been in that space? Who's been freaked out by the ocean? Okay. Like we went this morning, we, were, we went into this cave at Varna, Grants, all right? So we went there, we got into this cave, it was all nice and pretty, it was beautiful, the, the waves were lapping nicely at the rocks, but then the tide started coming. And it came in quickly. And the quicker the tide came in, the more freaked out I became and my wife became, and everyone else became, because you realize that within a couple of minutes, you can be cut off and you wouldn't be able to get out the cave. That's not a nice way to go. They're not being able to get out the cave. But the thing is, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, what they want us to do is they want us to sometimes throw caution to the wind and say, Lord, I will allow you to do anything. I'll allow you to take me a little bit deeper. So. Yeah, God wanted to take, and he wanted to take Peter, and he wanted to actually teach him a practical lesson about going deeper. Because it was easy for Peter. Jesus could use his boat. It was nice. He pushed him a little bit out because Simon was a nice guy. He was really happy to, 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 to help this amazing teacher that knew what he was saying. Like Ethan was saying, like Jesus was talking to the teachers of the law at the age of 12. And the Bible actually sees that they were astounded by the knowledge that a 12-year-old had. But he did have a bit of a disadvantage. He was the Son of God. And he was there from the beginning. He knew everything. He saw everything that God was doing. Sorry. Okay, at vantage. I'll correct. At vantage. Alright.
1: So many of us here tonight we're
0: exactly the same. We'll say. Jesus, will allow you there. You can have that part of my life. I'll allow you in this part of my life where it's comfortable. Whenever we have Jesus in our lives, it's, you know, when, when it's warm and fuzzy here in our chest, then it feels comfortable. Then it's nice. But as soon as Jesus wants to start getting deeper and he wants to start scratching, then it becomes a problem because then it becomes uncomfortable.
1: But Jesus stretched Peter a little bit and tonight he
0: wants to stretch you. He wants to stretch you because he wants to get in to the deeper areas where we never want to allow him. In. That secret sin that we have in our heart that we keep we just keep it here. We don't share it with anyone because we don't want to be caught out. That animosity that we We hold against someone because they said something to to us or about us that we found out via the grapevine, and we carry that animosity in our heart, but we're not really quite ready to deal with it. I've heard of many stories where many older people, they actually pass away eventually with bitterness in their hearts because they never dealt with it. We brothers lived 40 kilometers from each other, and they lived for four, four for literally, for like 40 years, they never spoke to one another. They died without repairing that relationship. And tonight, Jesus wants to come and he wants to stretch us because he, he wants to get inside, there where it's not nice. Do you know that Jesus wants to work on your life even when you're tired? You're not less. Think about Simon Peter. He was up the whole night fishing. Who, who likes fishing you? Who's avid fisherman? Okay. Dog, dogs are fishermen. Who would go out fishing the whole night? Okay. Yes. Okay. Who would bri the whole night? Okay. There we go. We've got a couple of bra guys. All right. Um, Heaney, what do you like to do that you'll do the whole night? Boor. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Hunting. Who likes hunting? Who's done hunting? All right. Ingrid, would you go hunting at night? The whole night? Okay, what are you going to shoot? Guinea fowl, but I can fowl chickens. (laughs) Anything. But there's there's things that we would easily do for the whole night because it's lacquer. Who's ever sat and watched a series on on, on Netflix and it's so intriguing? So you're like, I'll just watch one more episode, one more episode, I'll watch another one, and then you realize it's like three o'clock in the morning and you haven't, and then you know, oh, I've got to get up in three hours. So, so Peter, he did fishing, and the only reason he did it, who's watched The Chosen? You guys watch it? There's a section in the movie where he sits outside and he goes because the Romans want to arrest him because he owes them money. So he's, he's trying to do it in his own strength. He's trying to get this to, to, to happen. So he, he works hard the whole night to try and get it. And Luke uses a word called
1: papayo which means to grow weary. And how many many of us have tried to serve God
0: in our own strength, and we've got weary? Because it's difficult. It's difficult when we try and change ourselves. It's difficult when we try and live the Christian life, because everyone else around, around us is doing it. And it's more than physical exhaustion. It's mental and emotional fatigue from failure that comes from doing all you could in your human strength. And then you discover it's not enough. How many of us have ever gotten to that point where we've done everything, we've worked so hard, try and be the best Christian. And you reach your end and you're like, I can't do it anymore. And that's where Peter found himself. The whole night. He was fishing, throwing nets in, pulling them out, throwing in. And he caught some shoes and he caught some grass and maybe some paddles and some, I don't know, anything. Some oaks, stuff, I don't know, clothes. And it wasn't really what he wanted. And how many of us are doing that? We're throwing out our nets aimlessly, trying to live this Christian life, trying to get to where we want to be. And yet it's not enough.
1: But then Jesus comes and he breaks in and he says to him, let's go deeper.
0: And then Peter is saying to him, but, but, but his first excuse is, but, but Lord, you know, we've done all of this. We've worked so hard. You know, we've been out there the whole night. I've tried to serve you, Lord, as best as I can. I've, I've been faithful. I've been to every church meeting. I've done all of that. Peter could have said, No, I'm not interested. I'm walking away. He says, Because you said so, I'll do it. Because you know, sometimes Jesus wants us to reach the end of our souls where we can no longer do it so that He can actually step in. Because sometimes. The only person that's really standing in the way,
1: you and me. We stand in the the way
0: of what God wants to do in us. And you know, he's he's such an incredible gentleman that he will not push his will onto you. He'll wait for you. He'll wait until the time is ready. And Luke uses a word called rhema word. And John 1 verse 1 to 5 says the following. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
1: And in that place,
0: We understand that Luke says it's a rhema word, a word of life that comes into Peter. When he says to him, let's go
1: deeper. Let's go out a little bit deeper. And he says to him, Lord, I'll do it because you said so.
0: And how many of us are willing to submit? And to say, Lord, I submit to you. Because you know that submission doesn't
1: cost anything. And he says it's not working. It says that
0: submission that costs nothing is without value and means very little. Because if we submit to God, it's going to cost us something.
1: It means that we've got to lay our own wants down. It means that we've got to die to ourselves. Dying to our own flesh. Getting upset. I've
0: been married now for 15 years to my wife. But there's been 15 years of learning and dying to become a better husband to my wife. It's been 15 years for her to learn to die and to become a better wife to me. And we're still on this journey. But the same thing happens with us when we become Christians. When we become Christians and we start serving the Lord and we get into that, when Jesus gets into our boat, it means that we need to learn to submit to what he wants to do, not what we want to. Because many times we run ahead and we want to do stuff and we're saying, Lord, I'm doing this. I want you to bless it. But actually, it's like, Lord, do you want me to do this? Is this your will for me? And we don't allow God and people around us to give us perspective in the decisions that we make. And then we burn our fingers, then we blame God, and we're like, Lord, see. And then God will say to you, you chose it, not me.
1: And at that moment, Peter goes out. And Jesus says to him, throw your net into the water. Throw it into the water.
0: And he goes and he obeys. And he submits. And at that moment, all that fish comes out. That's like awesome. Imagine, imagine you had Jesus on every fishing trip with you. Like I've done deep sea fishing. I'd love to go fishing again. Deep sea. And you've got, this, you've got this little GPS and there's a thing they call a fish tracker where you, you, it literally sends echoes underneath the boat. And then you pick up wherever there's fish. And you can see all the fish, but to try and catch those, that fish, that's the fun. Imagine having Jesus in your boat every time you go fish. And he's like, no, just go over there. There's all the fish over there. It would be brilliant. Imagine going hunting at night and like, you're standing around, you're looking, and Jesus says, ah, just about 200 meters over there, there's a nice big buck. Just aim there, you'll get it. It would be awesome. But the thing is, is, Jesus wants to do it with us. Where he wants to be in your boat through the power of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to say to you, Matthew, listen, Brew, 200 meters down the line, turn left, not right, because if you turn right, you're going in the wrong direction. But you know what? We as Christians don't always listen. Because we want to go our own direction. We want to go our own way, and we actually heap a lot of stuff on us that is not what God's called us to do. And the thing is, as we do that because most of us are so preoccupied, preoccupied with how valuable we are to Jesus. Instead of being preoccupied How valuable he is. So but that night, that afternoon, that morning, when Jesus got into Peter's boat and he took him out to the deep water, something incredible happened to Peter. He realized that Jesus was so much more. And he became preoccupied with Jesus. Because at that moment, Jesus got his heart. He caught his heart. And he went to Jesus and he said, Lord, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. Because in that moment, Peter realized that he needed Jesus, not the other way around. Before that, he thought like, okay, Jesus needs my boat. I'll give it to him. I'll just do this and this and that. And it would be great. And the teacher will have a great time and he'll move along. But when Jesus did that miracle, he caught his heart. And Simon realized that Jesus was everything. to him. And he became preoccupied with Jesus. They got back to shore and they pulled the boats up. You know what they did? They didn't go like, okay, cool, let's sell it and see how much money we get. The Bible says that Peter and James and his brother, they got up and they literally
1: left everything and they followed Jesus. Because Jesus won Peter's heart. And when Jesus captures our
0: hearts, we start to value him above all things. We start living by the power of the Holy Spirit. We allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in every single conversation, in every single difficult situation that we need to deal with, every decision that we make. Because you know that that every decision that we make as people have got consequences. It might not necessarily be a consequence now, but it might be in the future. Being obedient becomes easy because Jesus has captured your heart. We find it easier to die to ourselves, to die to our own wants, our own personalities. The relationships with people around us carry a lot more value. We value the guys that are sitting with us. How much do I value Jill? How much do I value Jo? How much do I value Pauline and Linda? Am I willing to give up my time and go for coffee with them and say, hey, guys, how are you doing? How much do we value the people with us? But when Jesus has captured our hearts, when he's everything for us, we value those relationships.
1: It's easier to adjust our hearts. We can easily adjust our hearts.
0: When someone speaks into your life, how easily do we take correction? Or do we bite against it and we're like, no, 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 I don't want to listen to that guy. But when someone says to you, Brew, you're leaning. Let's help you. You take that correction in love, you can autocorrect and you can go where God wants you to go. When Jesus captures our hearts.
1: And our commitment shifts.
0: What does that mean? Commitment. Is I will come to church. I will be at growth group. I will go to things not because I just have to go, but because I want to go. And I think most of the guys here in this congregation tonight, you come here not because you have to, but because you want to. If you ever have to come to church here because you have to, please don't come. Because I never, ever want you to come because you feel like you're forced to, doing, to do it. I want you to come because you want to come and be with family. You want to come and you want to serve the Lord because Jesus captured your heart. Because it's about him. It's never about us. And then Jesus goes and right after that he says to Peter, don't be afraid for now you will fish for people. And he uses an interesting word here in the Greek. And it says it's called zogrio, which means to take a
1: to capture a It's easy to capture something when it's dead.
0: But it's more difficult to catch a live animal. Like I know that the girls on the farm, they've, They've got quite a reputation of catching snakes. Obviously, they have tools like guns and all those kind of things
1: to shoot them first. Huh? Sticks. Goodness, sticks. Okay?
0: But you think it's a lot more difficult to actually catch a snake when it's alive than when it's dead. Any animal for that matter. It was much easier if my wife was dead. I would have caught her easily, but I had to work really hard to get my wife because she's very much alive. And the thing is, God wants us to bring alive people into our congregation to become part of our family because you die later for yourself. And God has called us to go out there and to help people become inept with Jesus, become absolutely captivated. But this king, this Jesus that did miracles, that still does miracles, each and every single one of us here tonight, Jesus does miracles in your life. And he uses people
1: to come and to bring life in us. Because the kingdom is alive. And Jesus was saying to Simon,
0: you catch them, I'll clean them. Not one of us walking into this building is perfect. Philip, definitely not. Anna Laws may be close, but not Philip. God, all he asks us to do is to catch them. He'll clean them. He'll clean me and he'll clean you. And it's a daily process. Let's allow him. But when we get captivated with him, we willingly do it. Because Jesus needs to captivate our hearts. He needs to captivate our minds. He needs to captivate all of who we are.
1: And Jesus tonight, just like Peter,
0: Simon Peter left everything and he walked away. He walked away. It might not mean that we're going to walk away from our jobs and all go live somewhere in a hovel on a mountain somewhere. That's not what I'm saying. But tonight, Jesus wants us to walk away from the things in our lives that is more important than him. And he wants us to come to a place of saying, Lord, I want to become captivated by you again. Because it's so easy for the world to take our heart. It's so easy for the world and the things around us to captivate us where Jesus just becomes something that we think of once a week. It's just part of who we are when Jesus becomes everything to us everything else becomes sidelined
1: because he's captivated us and when he says to you
0: go into deep waters would you be willing to do it and even in the worship we had those two prophetic words that came out and was in line with what I was sharing tonight and I want to make one more
1: invite Um, A, can you Play for me
0: If you're in that place tonight and, and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I to invite you. Because the Holy Spirit is there. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He comes in and he walks with us. He's there as we believe that God the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit is three yet one. He's there. He wants to be a part of who you are. And tonight, if you're in a place and you feel that Jesus isn't in your boat, you've been struggling, you've been fighting, you've been arguing, you've been saying, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that, that the Holy Spirit would come and become life to you, that Jesus would come and recaptivate your heart like he did with Simon Peter that you can leave leave everything behind and saying Lord I'm yours but we so easily settle for second best we so easily settle for what we want in our own lives because I'm feeling lonely so I think I'm going to do this I think I need more money so I'm going to do that because we don't go to our king We don't trust him enough because we want to do our own thing and we actually just walk a long journey. And tonight he wants to come and he wants to say, are you totally sold out for me? Am I everything to you? Just like Peter. He walked his life and he died on the cross just like Jesus, but he died upside down according to Hebrew tradition, because he didn't see himself worthy enough to die like Christ, but he gave his life willing, because Jesus captivated his heart. And tonight, I want to encourage you, if Jesus is no longer captivating your heart, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that Jesus would come, and he would come and captivate you again. this guy's brave and I want if there's anyone else tonight that needs that to come and to be captivated by the king again well you need to come because the holy spirit is here tonight he wants to come and he wants to move by the power of his spirit to bring freedom and release because that is the king that we serve let's be captivated again by our king I want these guys to come and stand here and I want the rest of you to stand and come put your arms around these guys. Because we do this as family. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, as these guys have come and they've responded, Father, I pray tonight that they would be captivated by you again. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come, would move like never, ever before. Lord, I pray that you would bring life. Lord, that you would come and, Lord, there where the enemy is robbed, where the enemy is coming and he's stolen and he's taken away. Lord, he's robbed years and he's robbed relationships. Father, I pray that you would restore tonight. Father, that you would come and that you would bring your Spirit. And, Father, that there would be new life. New beginnings, Lord. New, new moments with you, Lord. Because you want us, you want to capture us. You want to capture our hearts like you captured Simon's, where he left everything and he said, Lord, I am yours. And Father, I pray tonight for that to happen. Lord, that you would come and that you would capture these people's hearts. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray that as we go into this week, Lord, that you would lead us, that you would guide us. Lord, that your hand would be upon us. Father, that every day we would be captivated by our hand because of who you are. So, Father, I pray for your spirit tonight. Lord, to come and to move upon us, move in us, move through us. Lord, that we would never ever be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.